You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season one, episode number 54, the Cubs free agent splash, Crowley. We are here, and don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all the socials. Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and Fly the W on Facebook, or email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Well, Crowley, it's been quite a bunch of news since you and I last talked Sunday evening. Let's uh, let's get after it. You know, Dustin, I am absolutely jacked up. I haven't slept in about 72 hours uh, just rumors are flying, signings are happening, I'm refreshing my phone every 30 seconds. I, I live for this stuff, man. For someone like me, a baseball fan, who has, you know just doesn't really care that much about other sports, I needed this injection. So in the last podcast, we talked about Jacob deGrom getting the big deal with the Rangers, but as the winter meetings were going on, Justin Verlander signs a two-year, $86 million contract with the Mets with a vesting option for a third year. Then the Phillies, as predicted by many, including our own Dustin Rhodes, signed Trey Turner to a mammoth 11-year, $300 million deal with a full no trade. So that now leaves three big shortstops on the market when you talk about Correa, Bogarts, and Swanson. And as we are recording this, those three are still on the market. Deals about the same. (laughs) Very important. Very important (laughs) to point that out. Yes. So the deal's roughly about the same as Correa's when you talk about uh, the average value. It's about a year young, longer. Also off the board, Josh Bell, a potential target for the Cubs. Uh, he signed a deal with the Guardians for two years, $33 million with an opt-out. Um, but it wasn't until Monday night, an interesting nugget was dropped by David Kaplan and also backed up by Russ Dorsey, that the Rickett family told team president Jed Hoyer they had the green light to spend to turn the team around. And our favorite, Scott Boris, with more of his classic puns, (laughs) had to get into the act saying, the Tom-Tom drum is finally beating again, referring to Tom Ricketts. And so it has been absolutely nuts. And, uh, you know, they, they, every, the, Jed has met with every one of the shortstops, even before Turner um, signed his deal with the Phillies. Um, Sanga's agent, Joe Wolf, said Kodai's already been offered multi-year contracts of five or six years. His priority is with the team that wins right now. Uh, but the big news for Cub fans came on 5-14 on Tuesday night when they made their first signing, agreeing with Cody Bellinger to a one-year $17.5 million deal. Now, Dustin, I know I was down after they missed out on Abreu, so I didn't think at all they were going to be in on Bellinger. So I got excited. Now, um, no doubt that Bellinger hasn't performed good the last couple of years. He's had some injury issues. Um, But let's not forget he was the NL Rookie of the Year in 2017. He was the NL MVP in 2019. So I like this deal, Dustin. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't I don't hate it. I don't necessarily love it. I think it does make both sense for both sides. I mean, his um he can only go up. He really can't get much worse. He he did about as bad of a job offensively, actually even a little bit worse than uh the former right fielder and center fielder that the Cubs are paying a lot of money to not even be a Cub right now and that's Jason Hayward. So you've got to hope that the shoulder gets right, that the new hitting coach gets with him. Um, But the Cubs' defense in that outfield should be outstanding next year. 
He is also able to play some first base if you need to. And he does have speed. He will probably be the fastest Cub on the field. He can also DH. So, you know, well, for me, I don't know. I don't know that we want him DHing with those offensive numbers. Let, let's let's see what happens. But let, this, let's see what happens. Right. You, sure. Right. He could. You're right. He could DH. He has the right. capability of DHing, but that's not ideally right now anyway, where you would see him. This is one of those deals, though, that for for Cody Bellinger, it's a prove it deal. Right. Prove and it. So, yep. that's, the, so that's he, the key. That's the key. That's why that's why it's okay. He supposedly, if we're going to believe Boras, he supposedly had multiple multi-year deals on the table. Right. So, and and so, you know, he's gonna pull what Carlos Rodon did, which is try try to take the a one-year deal and parlay it into something bigger. And so it works out great. I mean, unfortunately, because of injuries, there was nobody to be playing center field. Uh, a lot Davis. of guys are betting on themselves right now, Crawley, and it seems to right. be working out for him. Right. Brennan Davis and Canario had injuries. And so let's hypothetically say that the that Bellinger goes back to his 2019 form and the Cubs aren't very good anyway. You can flip them and get great deals, right? And then let's say he is, you know, bad and the Cubs are bad. Well, then it doesn't really cost you much. And, 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 if, the, and if he's bad and the Cubs are good, you know, you just need placeholders for those younger guys to get ready. So I don't see any negative to this deal. You have the money, might as well spend it. And sometimes you take a gamble. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. Well, I guess the negativity would be, Crawley, is if we go back a couple of sentences to what we talked about and one of the guys that I wanted to take over. Okay. Let me ask you this before I get there. So does this signal that um, Matt Mervis is going to get every shot to play at least half of the games at first base next year for the Cubs? I think so. I, I, don't, I don't see why it would affect anything at all. Okay. Well, I'm saying I, I was I was hot for I was hot for the guy that the Guardians got. I was hot for him to come right. over to the, to come over to the Cubs and play some first base. I just, you know, if things now don't work out with the shortstop, I, I'm just wondering how this all plays out. That's all. I'm just now I'm getting that, a little. That's, I'm that's, getting a little. I'm getting a little nervous right now, Crowley. Right, and that's the thing. They have to get a shortstop, and and honestly, they need Correa. I can't I can't stress that enough. They need pop. They don't have much of it in the lineup. They need a guy that that can hit, and and that is the key. Um, center field, like I said, if D- Davis and Canario were both healthy, chance that they would have been given a chance to get that job. They weren't, and they needed somebody there. And so there's nobody blocking either of those two guys or PCA from coming up uh, on a multi-year deal. You have, you know, and like, and 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 you know, if he can hit, you know, then again, you have he, a guy who could play DH or first, and so that is an option. So. Yeah, I think, he's got other positions, right? You're right. He's not just a center fielder. I like the fact that he can play some first base. I like the fact, obviously, he's a left-handed bat. We just Cubs got to figure out how to get that bat right. Right. Well, shortly after midnight, Jesse Rogers last night, which would you know Tuesday going into Wednesday, Rogers announced that the Cubs and Jameson Tyone had reached an agreement for four years, sixty-eight million dollar deal. He was the number two pick in the draft in 2010 by the Pirates. He looked really good for a while, and then in 20, Cup fans should remember him, but then in 2019 he had elbow issue, issues that uh, led to Tommy, Tommy John surgery that kept him out of action in 2020. He was traded to the Yankees in 2021, and like a lot of pitchers that are recovering from Tommy John, slowly but surely they improve. Velocity gets up, and in fact sometimes ticks better than when before they had Tommy John. 
So, you know, it, it adds to the rotation. MLB Trade Rumors, which is a site a lot of people go to, tab Tyone as the number 14 free agent entering the offseason and the sixth-ranked pitcher be, be, uh, behind Carlos Rodon, Jacob deGrom, Justin Verlander, Kodai Senga, and Chris Bassett. Yeah, I think this is a really great move. I, I really do. I think he fits in very nicely. And who knows? I mean, maybe Senga's still in play. Um, we've talked about it on this podcast. Tommy Hadovy joins the score uh, twice a month during the baseball season with Mully and Haw. And uh, you can never have enough pitching. So this is just another guy who fits in very nicely. It, it seems like a ton of dough for a middle-of-the-rotation guy, but uh, that's the price of paying poker right now. Right, and and one of the things is he doesn't walk a lot of batters, which is really low, good. Low, 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 mm-hmm. So, you know, when you talk about the rotation, for sure, you have Stroman, Tyone, and Justin Steele. Now, it's hard to say Kendricks because we don't know. You know what I mean? Hopefully he's healthy and ready to go. And then in the background, you got Hayden Wesniski, Adrian Sampson, Ben Brown, Keegan Thompson, Adbert Alzali, all waiting in the wings. So, you know, they're, they're stockpiling pitching. Like you said, you could never have enough. And so those have been the big two moves so far. But the biggest move came Wednesday morning. This was, the, this was kind of the one we were all waiting for before we knew things would go crazy, and that was Aaron Judge signing a nine-year, $360 million deal to stay with the Yankees. Uh, John Heyman kind of jumped the gun a little bit yesterday and had him going to San Fran, which can you imagine that turnaround if you were a San Francisco or Yankees fan? You thought you had Judge, and then – Yankees thought they lost him, and then flip rolls. Oh, unbelievable! Unbelievable, and and no pun intended, right? The biggest, the biggest of the dominoes to fall so far. Um, and then, how about the fact that that he almost could have been a Padre? And that's the other problem right now, Crowley, for the Cubs is that the um, Padres could be involved in a shortstop in one of these shortstops. You know, they could move Tatis to somewhere else. You talked about the price of paying poker. I'm going to tell you a true story. One day, you know, after my buddy, who's a Brewers fan, he got us tickets to a Cubs game in Milwaukee, right behind the Cubs dugout. Awesome seats. I said, how much we owe you? He says nothing. I said, okay. What the heck, dude? These have to be really expensive seats. It turns out he was comped by Potawatomi because he goes to Potawatomi Bingo a lot, right? And so after the game's over, we go to Potawatomi, and we're sitting there, and I had never been to the MVP high rollers lounge, right? Drinks free, stogies free. We're having the blast. I pull out what I think is a decent amount, $300 to play me some blackjack. I think the hands were $50. And so, (laughs) you know, with $300, you're not going to be playing for too long. And so again, if you want to be with the big boys, the Mets, they're going to blow through every level of the taxes. The Dodgers don't seem concerned at all. Uh, you know, the Phil, you know, the Phillies, who cares? And then you're talking about the Padres. So if the Cubs want to be competitive, you can't sit there and look at the luxury tax as a hindrance. And, and, and as we talked about that shortstop position, Marquis has put up a much maligned lineup for next year and you, you have to get a power bat. And as much as I think Dansby Swanson and Nico would be fun to watch up the middle, it doesn't address the issue of, you lost Wilson Contreras. We'll talk about that in a minute. You lost Wilson Contreras. You lost the biggest bat in your lineup. And 
you have to replace that with something. And personally, I'd like to replace it with something even better. And that's Carlos Correa. So you want, you want to play with the big boys. It's going to cost you. And you can't let the ghost of Jason Hayward spook you out of a big deal. No. That's what the, that's what the going rate is. Yeah. That's a good point. You can't let the ghost of Jason Hayward spook you out of any deals. All right, Crowley. So let's, let's get to it. We kind of buried the lead in my opinion. <laughs> um, and I know it's not something we want to talk about. My wife said, what? When I told her what happened, but yes, Wilson Contreras is headed South and not uh, all the way South to Houston, but to St. Louis, he is now going to be a Cardinal. Looks like the next five years for a, little bit 87 and a half million so just under just under 90 i didn't think anybody would sign him to a hundred million dollar deal he gets 90 and i think um if the cubs don't end up getting one of the uh, big free agents or one of the big two i don't necessarily consider dansby swanson part of this group but i get it i'll play along with the conversation um they are going to be kicking themselves because um i, I think they could have gotten together for 85 million dollars this is is really 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 tough this is a tough one um first off it's it's the direction that major league baseball is really going right now as far as catching and the two things that willie is not great at in general in my opinion is defense and pitch framing and calling a game those are the things that people are looking more towards. So as you look at this situation, you know, it bothers you because Wilson is playing in the one uniform. You just could not stomach seeing him in. All right. And so at this point in time, they don't want Wilson Contreras catching. I don't think many teams do, honestly. I think what they want him for is a DH left-hander, maybe catch, left fielder, maybe catch, one, maybe two times in, in, in the season, okay, or in the week. So I just think that this really comes down to what Wilson is good at versus what he's not good at. And so I'm, I'm just of the mindset that, that I know it's frustrating, but I just don't think that, you know, he's a guy that we all fell in love with. He's a guy that, that's great. It's just he doesn't do the things that they want the, the Cubs want their catchers to go. And it's not just the Cubs. You saw it with Houston. Uh, you saw it with Boston. I think, it, I think the goal is now to try to get Christian Vasquez, a guy that people love throwing to that, that, you know, it, it's the trouble is, is you have to replace that bat. That's the key. Got to so, replace it. Got to right, replace it. Right. But with Wilson, if you remember 2016, who were the two primary catchers? It was Ross and Miggy. Now Miggy's back started to really struggle in the second half of the season. And that's the reason you saw Wilson get his uh, call up at that point in time. But, but he never was the greatest receiver. And I know they're going to come out with the automatic uh, strike zone pretty soon. And you're going to look at that and say to yourself, okay, well, maybe that part of the deal isn't, isn't that, isn't that big of a deal, but Again, there's just like a flow and a rhythm. And I just remember a lot of the pitchers would prefer not to throw to Wilson. And so, you know, Kyle Hendricks, I made a point of, of, of how he praised Jan Gomes. I remember you, Darvish, uh, wanting to throw to Victor Caratini. A lot of these guys kind of, you know, he's just, he's, Wilson's a very good offensive catcher. Think of like the Mike Piazza type, you know what I mean? Yep. Got an arm. Good can, comparison. Yep. Can, can hit some home runs, and that's not what people are looking for. The Cubs are going all in on a pitching strategy, pitching and defense, and they mentioned it last night on Marquee. Um, 
or at, at the winter meetings, I can't remember what I was listening to, but, but, but it, I, I listened to Carter Hawkins. I listened to David Ross. I listened to Jed Hoyer give interviews and, and, and the mantra was all the same pitching and defense. And that key is going to be the defense up the middle. Uh, you're talking about catcher, the infield spots in the center field. You know, you got a gold glove earning and happen left. You know, have you have a good defender in say, uh, uh, say Suzuki and right. And so, you know, uh, Patrick wisdom has shown that he can play third or first, so I would say that at this point in time here, that defense is going to play a big role. And my only thing I would caution, and this is my caution, is remember how well Dexter Fowler was received in St. Louis. He got a rough ride that that whole time he was there. Now, did he get paid? Absolutely, yes. But, you know, he did not have a great time down there. And I'm worried that, A, Wilson is following in Yachty's footsteps. So you know how that is when you're the next guy in after a beloved figure. Everything that's going to be going on, he's going to get compared to Yachty, and I feel that, that that's going to affect Wilson. And Wilson, sometimes in his own head, I'm, I'm worried how that's all going to work out. Yeah, we will have to wait and see. 